0: And I immediately called my mom and I said, is, is dad not my dad? And there was kind of silence on the other end of the phone. And I, I was screaming at this point. And I said, mom, don't lie to me. Grandma just told me two stories. Is dad not my biological dad? And she started crying and, and she said, this is my worst nightmare. To which I obviously replied, um, this is my worst nightmare. Hello,
1: you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an Ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for Not Parent Expected or Non-Paternal Event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. And welcome to episode 133. I'm very excited for the Untangling Our Roots Summit that will be going on in 2023. It will be held March 30th through April 1st. And it will be held in Louisville, Kentucky. And it is for us, if we so choose to go. It will be a joint venture put on by the adoptee community, the very first ever NPE Summit, and it's for the assisted reproductive community as well they decided not to reinvent the wheel for the NPEs and the adoptees have been having these sort of healing summits and educational summits for years, um, even pre-COVID. And so instead of reinventing the wheel um, and the adoptees have a lot of the same um, therapies and healing sessions and speakers and family dynamics that we have as NPEs, um, we will be joining them in this summit. This summit will take place over a few days in Louisville, Kentucky. I don't have the name of the hotel currently on me, but it can be more information will be held um, through the UntanglingOurRoots.org website coming up in September. So, probably in a few weeks, they will have more information on their website. This is a very short ride from the Louisville airport in a beautiful venue. They've been trying to find a very nice venue. That is a good place for us where we can break out into rooms, but also have a nice place for us to just visit and chat, sit in booths and alcoves and drink coffee and go to the bar and go to bonfires and and just start to meet other NPEs and, and share with each other and connect. There will be five different tracks. So how I understand this, um, and again, this is put on by the Right to know, that is, as in you have the genetic right, you have the right to know. Uh, right to know. US will be putting this on with the NAP community. What is their acronym? I believe it's National Association of Adoptees, ah, something like that. Um, but this will be a phenomenal event. I believe the tickets will be about $259, but the first 100 people that get their early bird tickets will have a special price. And it is expected to sell out. I think they're expecting about 300 NPEs and adoptees. So the tracks will involve speakers, um, panels with Q&As. Or creative sessions, such as art therapy or writing or poetry. And you can choose whichever track best fits your needs at the time. They are also going to have an exercise at the very end of the weekend, because I don't know if you've ever been on one of these weekends, a retreat or a summit, um, especially one where it it involves um, a trauma you've been through. But You can get anxious. You can get triggered. You can get all sorts of feelings. So these weekends, so they are going to end this weekend with a really healing, decompressing exercise to leave you feeling completely rejuvenated and empowered before you get back on the plane to go home. I'm really thinking this is going to be a great weekend. Uh, They're going to have wonderful food and drinks all weekend. They're even going to have open an open mic at the hors d'oeuvres um, session, and they're going to allow people to come up and share a poem or their story, perhaps their NPE story, if they can fit it in in less than five minutes. And they're going to have um, food that will be for every sort of diet, because I know a lot of people are gluten-free or vegetarian or keto. So they're going to have food for you. They're going to have you covered, they said. And of course, nonstop coffee and water and pop. Um, there's a Starbucks on site if you don't want the hotel coffee. Apparently, there's a, a bar there. And I mean, it is in Kentucky. So they say they have great bourbon. Um, I don't drink, but they said that they have an old fashioned there with this special Italian cherry they bring in that is just phenomenal podcasters will be there, adoptee podcasters, NPE podcasters. I plan on being there. So if there's someone you want to meet in person, you know, in the podcasting world, we don't see anybody. So this will be your chance to meet people that you listen to. And, uh, oh yes, right to know the advocacy group. Did do a survey and they told me last weekend that NPE Stories is the most listened to podcast in the NPE community, according to their most recent survey. Search angels are going to be there at this summit. So thank you for the volunteer search angels who um, they volunteer their time for free to help us find birth birth members of our family and to help us interpret our DNA results. Such a wonderful group. So um, to kind of wrap it up, we are just going to be planning on taking over this entire space at this NPE slash adoptee summit, the Untangling Our Roots Summit, March 30th through April 1st in 2023 in Louisville, Kentucky planning over 40 speakers that weekend. There's going to be a keynote. They have some, they're super secretive about their main speaker. I don't know if it's a celebrity or someone special or a really well-known author. They already have people lined up from 22 different states, probably representing three different countries. And I think it's going to be a phenomenal time. And if that sounds like just too much for you, also know that there's always the option to go back to your room, to have some alone time. Did I mention the quiet room that they're going to have staffed? They will have, because they realize that this sort of summit can bring up a lot of feelings, they have rented out a quiet room, a special place where they will have staffed therapists all weekend long that will be there to help you with processing your feelings. I think that's a really smart thing to do um, to have the mental health component as part of the summit. Okay. I think that is all the information I had about the Untangling Our Roots Summit. I will try to post a event link for it very soon on my Facebook page, NPE Stories Facebook page. And look for further information, and I will be bringing this up every couple of months or so. Thank you, Cara and Marcy, for putting together this summit. And Alicia, this is um, a huge undertaking, the first ever NPE Summit. Looking forward to it. There, that was a resource we all needed to hear. But this is the NPE Stories podcast, and on this podcast, we listen to stories from NPEs and what they have been through, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their life is currently like. And today I'm speaking with an NPE, and I'm speaking with Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Lily. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm
0: good. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to all of that and being so patient and getting set up today. Of
0: course.
1: I know you said, and I'm preparing for it with my notebook, a little bit of a confusing NPE story. Did you say Jerry Springer-ish? Is that what you said?
0: Yes. Yes. When, once we get into it, I would say that um, most would compare it to a Jerry Springer episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. We, we hear so many different um, family dynamics in these stories and lots of people come in and out. So I will, I will be listening very closely and I'm just really grateful that you waited and are willing to share today.
0: Well, thanks. I'm grateful to be here and for everything that you do. All
1: right, Miss Nicole, should we start at the beginning? Would you like to
0: share about your family of origin and take it from there? Sure. Sure. Um, so, I was actually born in um, a small town in Ohio in May of 1983, so I'm 39 years old. Um, My mom had me when she was a senior in high school. Uh, She was 17 years old, and I believe my dad was 21 when I was born. Um, So For the first few years of my life, my mom and I lived with her parents, uh, my nana and papa. And then I believe I was around age three or so when my parents um, finally got married. So I was the oldest child and only child um, until my middle sister was born five years after me. Um, Growing up, I really did feel surrounded by love on both my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. Um, Things weren't perfect by any means, but... Definitely love was there. I feel like I always had this lingering feeling inside of me, like many NPEs do. Um, Even at a young age, I feel like I was visibly different. So um, I have brown eyes and I have auburn hair. And I was surrounded by blue eyed people um, and brown or blonde haired people pretty much everywhere I turned. The ironic thing is, on my dad's side of the family, um, some of my grandfather's family had red hair, different red hair than mine, but um, it was always said to me that I must have got that gene, you know, so to speak. And as far as my brown eyes go, the only person that had any other color besides blue or some hue of blue um, is my grandma on my dad's side. Her eyes are a hazel color. So, much like the story of my hair, it was always said that that's where my eyes um, must have come from. So there must have been some time when I was a young child that I was questioning where my looks came from off and on. And even my aunt told me later on when this all came out that um, I would always ask her where my eyes came from. But I guess to combat all this questioning that I was doing as a child, I remember my grandparents showing me a picture of my grandma's family. Um, from the old country, uh, which was Croatia. So that's where my grandma's family was from on my dad's side. Um, So this picture was a black and white picture, and it had probably more than a dozen people in it. So, you know, you really can't tell what color hair and eyes they had, um, obviously. And obviously, I didn't look like them. but, But in my head as a child, it made sense. And so I think for a lot of years... I just decided. Yep, that's where my eyes and hair must have come from. So that's just a little about a little bit about from when I was younger. Uh, when I was 11, my parents ended up getting a divorce. So that was a little bit of a difficult time. Um, I remember a lot from that time, actually. Um, The good, the bad, and the ugly of it. Um, I remember we had to go to court and state who we wanted to live with and why. And I just remember sobbing, giving my answer, um, choosing my mom, but pleading how much I love my dad to the magistrate that we were in front of. Um, my younger sister was, like I said, five years younger than me. So I think by default, I just became the sounding board for both of my parents and experienced a lot of adult conversations and situations um, with them and around them. And I did a lot of consoling for both of them at that time. Um, One of the upsides of the divorce would be that we moved in with my Nana, which is my mom's mom, um, and I love and adored her. She was a safe place for me and a mother figure for me my entire life. Um, And then my dad moved into my grandparents' house at the time of the divorce. So being able to go there as well when we were with him was also great. Because they were amazing grandparents, too. And again, just a safe place that provided uh, comfort and stability for my sister and I. Um, So about a year, maybe um, a little earlier than that, after my parents got divorced, my mom was remarried and then pregnant with my youngest sister, so I was 12 when my youngest sister was born. Um, her dad's family was wonderful as well. They welcomed my middle sister and I into their family. My dad also eventually got remarried when I was 16. Um, him and my stepmom never had any more children. And um, high school years were difficult and You know, some ways I was a respectful teenager, but I definitely liked to have fun and party with my friends. And my dad was certainly um, the sterner parent with tighter rules and didn't like some of the decisions that I made. So there were times um, when things were really great and there were times where there were rifts between us. Him and my uh, middle sister definitely had a stronger connection than him and I had. We got into a big argument the one time and we didn't talk for probably going on a year. And I just remember I was working and I saw dads coming in and out of the stores with their daughters and um, just feeling sad about it and and wanting that with him again. So I called and asked him if we could talk and and maybe go to lunch and I guess just work things out. And he told me um, that he would think about it. And so that always, I guess, haunted me to some degree. I can never understand how you would have to think about, you know, wanting to talk to your child again or make amends. Um, but we did eventually end up talking again and, um, I started visiting again on the weekends or during the week, you know, when it was his time to have us with my sister. And then, um, shortly after I graduated high school, my mom's marriage with my youngest sister's father ended as well. And um, I just want to note that I don't. A while later, when I was in my early 30s, my mom got remarried for the third time. But also at 18, um, in my first semester in college, I found out I was pregnant myself. So. Um, Nine months later, I gave birth to my son, who's the most beautiful brown-eyed baby I'd ever laid eyes on. Um, Things didn't work out between his father and I, but we just both focused on being the best parents that we could be and giving him all the love and support and put him first. Eventually, I met my husband. And at that point in life, it was a a pretty normal life, I would say. Uh, Work, school, sports with my son, trips with our families and friends, um, things of that nature. And then we actually, uh, bought our first home and it was the house that my grandfather on my dad's side grew up in. And the house also just happened to be a street over from my dad's grandparents. So, um, they were a huge part of our day-to-day lives, a huge part of my son's life, um, a huge help with him too. Um, But the older they got, it was just kind of a natural thing for me to help them with their day-to-day, you know, when when they got older and started to need things. So last summer, my son actually um, graduated high school and went off to college, and my grandpa um, fell ill. And um, my aunt and I were, you know, helping my grandma care for him, but it really just became too much while we were at work. So. he ended up being in a nursing home. And uh, Lily, this is where I'm going to get into how I actually found out that I was an NPE. Okay. I took a half day off work. My grandpa wasn't doing well, like I said. And um, he was pretty much incoherent at this time. But, you know, we visited him and we talked to him. Um, so I got off work and I went to my grandma's and I made her lunch and she got a shower and you know, we hung out for a little bit and I let her know that, you know, I was going to go up and sit with grandpa for a few hours and visit, which I did. Um, so I'd been there for a couple of hours and I was sitting and, uh, my back was towards the door and my grandma actually walked in. Um, I didn't know she was coming that day. Um, She was emotional. It was obviously a difficult time for all of us, but especially her. And um, she sat next to me and we were talking about things and she was kind of reminiscing about life. And that's where my life as I knew it would um, be changed forever. She said to me, um, and my, my family and friends call me Nick. So if you hear me refer to myself as that, that's why. She said to me, Nick. Who would have thought that um, when Grandpa and I met you for the first time and you crawled into his lap that this gruff old man would fall in love with you? And all these years later, you'd end up being the one to take care of us. And I'm like, okay, my heart starts pounding fast. And I paused and I said, Graham, what did you just say? And um, she didn't acknowledge you know what i just asked her and so she just went right into another story and she said you know i remember one of my friends coming into the grocery store and saying she met my granddaughter your dad's daughter and i had no idea what she was talking about or who she was talking about and i'm like oh my god this is happening and i feel my heart beating faster and she proceeds to say, "A couple days later, that's when your dad introduced me and Grandpa to you and your mom, and we've loved you ever since." And at that time, my heart sank, and I could feel the tears start to come. And um, I just told her I had to go, and I loved her. And I, at this point, was kind of just running through the hallways of the nursing home, trying to to get out of there and get to my car, and I was hysterical. Um, And I immediately called my mom and I said, is, is dad, not my dad. And there was kind of silence on the other end of the phone. And I I was screaming at this point. And I said, mom, don't lie to me. Grandma just told me two stories. Is dad, not my biological dad. And she started crying and, and she said, this is my worst nightmare to which I obviously replied. Um, this is my worst nightmare. And, um, I asked if she knew who my biological dad was. And so she gave me the name of a man that she went to high school with. And I asked if he knew about me. And she said that he did, but he wanted nothing to do with me or her or the pregnancy. um, And that, you know, things were better off this way. And so I hung up with her and um, I called my middle sister and told her what was going on. And she was obviously in shock. We grew up, you know, believing that we both had the same parents, um, mom and dad. And at first she said, you know, grandma could be confused sometimes. Like, and I don't think she knows what she's talking about. And I told her that, you know, grandma wasn't confused when she told me this. And um, the details were confirmed with mom. And when I got off with her, I I pulled over. And I know this is probably dramatic, um, but if I could describe how I felt in that moment, it was like heavy machinery was crushing me from the front and and the back and squeezing my middle section. And it was difficult for me to breathe. And I ended up throwing up and um, I just felt like my world was crashing down at that very moment. Um, So I did my best to get it together. And I called my husband and I called my friend and I called my youngest sister um, when I started driving home. And then once I got home, um, I started getting phone calls. So my mom had called my dad. uh, My grandma called me apologizing. Um, You know, everyone was concerned that you know thinking about it, I, I think they may have thought maybe I was, you know, going to go off the deep end. I don't know, but everyone wanted to give me an explanation as to why this was kept a secret from me. Um, and I guess some of the things that were said was, um, they didn't know if I'd be able to handle it as a child, or when my parents got divorced, what if I didn't want anything to do with anyone after that. And when I was pregnant and had my son, they didn't want to lose him. Um, So, you know, the narrative was that it was done out of love. And and to a certain degree, I, I know, like I said, I grew up with a lot of love. I know it was done out of love. But something being done out of love doesn't mean that it's not selfish. And so that's what I was having trouble with. Um, and I spoke to, um, my aunt, my dad's sister, and she actually told me that there were a couple of times throughout my life, um, that really my grandma wanted to tell me. And the first time was when my parents got divorced. Um, but she kind of just reiterated that my mom asked everyone, you know, to keep the secret. And then, uh, my grandma is a breast cancer survivor. And I actually found a lump in my breast um, several years back. And it was scary. And, And thankfully, everything was okay. But I thought that I may carry the gene my grandma wanted to tell me then. And, you know, my aunt just told me that my grandma said it wasn't fair to me that I've gone through life, you know, thinking that I get things from people or um, being concerned about medical things that really have nothing to do with me. I think that she always felt like I deserved to know. That same night that, that I found out, um, a few of my lifelong friends came over, and it didn't take long for me to realize um, basically everyone in my life knew, except my sisters, and, and myself, obviously. But all of my cousins knew. Um, most of my friends' parents knew. Uh, people at school, people at the church. Um, even one of my friends I knew since kindergarten actually said that she had known since we were 18. Because her mom slipped one time and told her. Oh. Yeah.
1: Everyone knew this secret.
0: Everyone. So I felt like the secret, you know, as it was explained to me, it it really wasn't a secret at all. Because obviously, um, you know, my parents had no problem telling everyone else, Um, you know, the secret was kept, it was kept from me and and from my sisters. So that's kind of how I found out. um,
1: Oh, I can't even imagine how painful that is to... Oh, to find that out. But then also to know so many people in your circle and your family knew this whole time. Mm -hmm.
0: And people thought that, you know, I was going to be mad at them. Um, You know, we have a pretty close family. And, you know, I think everyone felt like I was going to hate them or I was going to blame them because they knew. But, you know, from my perspective, it wasn't their responsibility to tell me, you know, how can I be mad at them um in fact I almost felt some relief for them that they didn't have to keep living this lie and keeping up with the secret anymore. Yeah. So the next day I d- I did two things. Um I ordered an ancestry test and um I reached out to the man that my mom told me about um that she believed to be my biological father through Facebook Messenger. So I sent him a message, and I was really soft and non-accusatory, but I, you know, in so many words said, I don't want to disrupt your life, um, but according to my mom, you may be my biological father. And I just told him that, you know, I I knew he had a family, and he didn't have to, you know, let anyone know, but if I could just maybe talk to him and ask him some questions, um, that I'd really appreciate it. the first bizarre thing about this is that this man, um, although was in my mom's life in high school, um, later on he ended up being really good family friends with my youngest sister's um, family. So he was around a lot in in our earlier years. Um, and the other thing that I want to note that will make sense later is that he was very Italian. Um so he actually responded the very next day and and he was respectful back, but he did say that the timeline of when my mom and him were together really didn't add up. Um, he also said that he believed he knew who my biological father was. And the only thing that he mentioned is that this man had red hair and he went to high school with them. And, um, that, that was pretty much it. So I took that information to my mom and I'm like, who, who is this man that he's talking about? And she, you know, kind of thought about it. And this one man came um, to mind who apparently was really good friends um, with who she believed to be my biological father. And um, this redheaded man had been deceased for 25 years But she told me that there was no way it could have been him. Um, They never slept together. So, I mean, obviously at this point, I don't know what to believe. I don't know who to believe. I can't trust my mom at this very moment. I can't trust this man who I just, you know, caught off guard. Um, Now, another thing I want to mention is that this man that my mom told me was my biological father, all these people that knew the secret—my um, cousins and my uncles—I um, believe even my my papa, her dad, uh, believed this man to be my biological father, and he just never stepped up to the plate. So um, that didn't end up being the case, but. I told you that, you know, I have I have one son and um, I knew I had to tell him what was going on. And he did take it a lot better than I anticipated. I was really, really worried. He had such a close um, relationship with everyone on both sides of our family. Um, I wasn't sure how he'd feel about it. But his initial reaction was that um, that's still my family regardless. And um, it's crazy that even though we're not related by blood that he's still their favorite and, and truly he was everyone um, on both sides of our family gushed over him you know he was kind of the center of everyone's world for a lot of years until my sister started having kids um looking back, I really believe that uh, it affected him more than than he led me on to believe um. And I have to be honest, as hurt as I was, um, as crushed as I was, this was one of the scariest parts for me, um, telling my son and worrying how it would affect him. Because we're not talking about a four-year-old or a three-year-old who can adjust. We're talking about an 18-year-old young man. And um, I worked really hard my whole life to make sure that he didn't have things to heal from as a child um, and to make sure he had a strong sense of family and that he felt loved unconditionally. And this is where I got angry because I felt like his life was going to be upside down. And, you know, he, he was a victim of it, unfortunately. Um, not only did I deserve to know, him, but my son deserved to know too. Um, you know, we deserve to know our truth. Just for the next few weeks, and i know this is is very common and i'm sure you understand too lily i i woke up feeling like a stranger to myself um it was difficult to get out of bed and and start my day i was weepy you almost feel like you're having an out of body experience when you look in the mirror and it's really just one of the most uneasy bizarre feelings you feel lost um some days i felt like i needed a hug but at the same time, I, I didn't want anyone around me. And, you know, I really believe that that these feelings are only um, feelings that an NP could understand. You know, you you replay your life through your head and and you hear comments made to you. Um, and you think of things someone said to you in the past and have You know, and maybe it's not like this for everyone, but for me, it was kind of like, well, I wonder why, you know, they said that to me or were they mad at me or, you know, did the stranger I introduced myself to think that I was my sister because they knew I wasn't my dad's biological daughter? Um, You know, all these questions that just, they haunt you, you know, when you're sleeping, when you're awake for those few first weeks following um, the discovery. And, um, another thing I did, you know, the days after I found out is just kept looking at my eyes because, um, these eyes have really been the question mark my entire life. They've been, um, the topic of conversations and, and jokes with my family and, um, you know, my sisters and I sending eye charts to my mom, and, you know, the milkman baby comments and all of these things, um, I, they were true. But, you know, at that time, we just we joked about it. But, you know, I, I just couldn't help but wonder who gave me who gave me these eyes and not knowing if I would ever find out was was frightening. And frankly, at that point, I don't know if I would have been able to mentally handle not knowing or or never finding out. But a couple weeks um, before I received my ancestry results, my dad called me um, to help him close the pool. And I was telling him and my stepmom that um, I should be receiving my results back soon from my ancestry test. And my dad blurted out, "Um, I don't think you're going to find out. He's dead. And I said, what do you mean? And he's like, the guy's dead, Nick. And he said that this redhead man um, that I've been referring to actually came up to him when they were you know, younger and I was younger and they were at the bar. And one night this guy came up to him and said, I know who you are, man. Thanks for taking care of my daughter. So my dad seemed to believe that because of what this man said to him, the redheaded man was actually my biological father. Um, So leaving my dad's house that night, um, I spiraled again. At this point, you know, I was vulnerable. I didn't know um, that anyone was telling me the truth or that anyone really even knew the truth at this point. Um, of who my biological father was. And now I may never get the answers about who I am or this other half of me genetically that I was yearning to find out about um, so badly. Um, fast forward to October 22nd of 2021, I was walking into work and, and I received notification that my ancestry results were back. So i um, It was like shaking and, um, immediately logged in and, um, fair, fair warning, Lily, this is where the part of the story is probably going to get a little complicated. So like I said, if you need to, you could stop me for some clarification. Mm -hmm. Um, the first thing that pops up in my pie chart, um, of my ancestry, the most of any one thing is, um, Southern Italy. So my initial reaction I'm like, okay, it's the original man my mom told me about from high school. Um, And then I go to my matches, and I see 100% parent-child match, father 50% shared DNA, and I'm freaking out. And so I click and view the match, and the name of the person on there is isn't either of the men um, that I mentioned earlier that supposedly could have been my biological father. (sighs) And it was a name that I didn't know myself. And just because of everything that was going on, I knew that I had to approach asking my mom um, in in a different way than maybe I normally would. So I just very calmly called her. And I'm like, hey, mom, what's going on? And she's like, nothing, what's going on? And I said, hey, who's so-and-so? And she says this man's nickname and pipes up. And she's like, oh, that's so-and-so. And And I'm like, okay. So immediately I knew who this man was. Um, It's actually her husband's childhood best friend. So this man, who is my biological father, um, I've shared Sunday fun days with over my mom's house. Over the past few years prior to COVID, um, he was actually at my mom and her husband's wedding. um, And I said, well, mom, that's my biological father. And she said, no, he's not. And I'm like, well, he is. I I said, it says 100% parent-child match. And so we're doing this back and forth. and, And finally, I'm frustrated. I'm like, mom, it's my DNA. That's my biological father. I said, give me his number. I was ready and prepared to call him right there in case you haven't noticed. I don't wait, waste much time trying to uh, get to the bottom of things. But um, she said she didn't have it. And so I asked her if she would ask her husband for it. And she said she would get back to me. Um, so I started getting texts from my mom's probably like 15 minutes later asking me to send her the results. So I send her the results and I get a text that says, um, it looks like he is your father. And if that's the case, he comes from a wonderful family. So really still not like just accepting that he, he is my biological father and these results aren't lying. Um, And then she eventually texts me a little bit later on that day that um, her husband called him and told him what was going on. And he, you know, said, please like have her call me, you know, when she gets off work later. So I called him when I got off work and he answered the phone and he said, Nicole, and I'm like, hi. And he's like, it's been a heck of a Friday. And I was like, it sure has. Um, and I started the conversation by saying, listen, I know this is probably a shock to you and you know, I don't have any intentions of disrupting anyone's life or anything like that. There's just some things I need to know. And he said, well, it's, this isn't a shock to me. And I'm like, okay. So um, he has two other children Um, So, I now have a new brother and a new sister, in addition to um, my two other sisters. And um, his daughter and I, in various times of our life, um, look very, very much alike. She's actually 12 years younger than me. Um, He said the first time he was around me, he was drawn to me. And he said um, the second and third time, he, he he knew that that he was my father, and he said that um, he knew that I had a family and um, a child, and you know he didn't want to disrupt my life that I had, um, but that he had been praying for the last four years that um, I would take an ancestry test and, and find out myself. And so obviously that's what happened. Um, so that first day we talked, we qua- talked for quite some time. Um, it was really easy. It wasn't awkward. Um, I could see that he's a very um, jovial person, a nurturing person. Um, he's forgetful. I'm forgetful. Um and he let me know that he wanted to tell people right away and he didn't want me to be a secret. So he actually told, um, my brother the very next day and, uh, my sister lives in a different part of Ohio. So he drove to her, um, that Sunday and told her. And then shortly after he told his sister and, um, his parents. So, um, he didn't waste any time. So over the next several weeks, um, actually, let me back up to the next day I woke up, which which was Saturday. Um, I remember t- texting him and said, you know, I just woke up and I looked at myself in the mirror. And for the first time in a long time, maybe ever, looking at myself made sense. And It really did. I mean, you know, these brown eyes that no one—or at least I thought no one ever really knew where they came from. I certainly didn't. You know, the mystery was was finally solved. Um, And then in the days and weeks to come, um, my mom was really worried that you know my son was going to hate her, and that I was going to hate her, and that everyone was going to look at her differently. And at some point, we were on the phone, and I. I had to just tell her, I'm not talking with you about this. Like, this is for you to deal with. First and foremost, you know, I feel like you should have a weight lifted off of you, um, knowing that at any point in time, you know, the secret could come to the surface. It's not a secret anymore. So I can't help you with this. Um, But in case you're wondering for the first time, in the last seven weeks since I found out, I feel like a whole human being again. Um, so I think there's just a lot of self-preservation going on, you know, during that time. Um, she said she doesn't remember ever being with him. Um, and to this day, and we're two months out from a year um, of me finding out she doesn't remember So, you know, I don't know that I'll ever know the whole truth, um, about why things happened the way they did, you know, back when she had me, um, or if that's just who she truly believed and told everyone who it was and was embarrassed, or maybe she knew and because of the situation, um, of her marrying my biological dad's best friend, um, Wanted to keep a secret. Then I don't know that I'll I'll ever know any of those answers. Um. So yeah, things have been really crazy.
1: That is a lot of different birth fathers to try to wrap your brain around. Um, especially considering the one that is actually your true birth father wasn't even one that you you ever even considered or that your mom to this day will, it sounds like, we will admit. Correct. You're, I just want to pop in here, your, your dad, birth certificate father, some people call him, the dad that raised you, he knew you were, you know, I'm going to use the term NPE, but mm-hmm. he thought, he thought from talks with your mom that your birth father was someone Different one of the first maybe the first one or the se- you said the second one, the redheaded yeah. man?
0: So I think that originally my mom told him it was the first man, but when um the headed man came up to him when they were out one night, um, since that point on, he had believed it to be the second guy that um yeah. was could potentially be. Yeah.
1: Did he ever consider or did anyone consider that it was this your actual birth brother that you've now met?
0: Not that I'm aware. Well, I guess. So, not that anyone has admitted to. I guess is the best way to put it, right? Yeah. Um. So, you know, we're in a small town. Um. I actually probably lived five minutes away. Um, from my biological family my entire life. Um, My biological dad and my mom and um, my biological aunt, so my biological dad's sister, they all went to the same high school together. And apparently when I was born or when I was younger, Um, there may have been some rumors flying around, um, pictures of me being shown. So I don't know. I don't know if it was like out of sight, out of mind for people or if because, you know, my mom met my dad and they got married and, you know, we're living life as a family and trying to have another child that everyone just left it go. Um, but I definitely think that, the time of my birth and in my younger years, that people may have had suspicions. Um, I I talk to my biological dad and see him all the time. We've we've really built a relationship since I found out, and you know we've had some discussions where I felt you know like maybe there were things that happened where he could have known, and um, he was actually away at, at school, so. Um I believe he he had no idea and just knowing the kind of man and father he is to his other children. Um, I don't I don't think there's a way that he would have known and not tried to be a part of my life at that time. And mm-hmm. I know that might sound strange since he waited to, Well, since he didn't act on believing, but I mean, in all fairness, you know, he was doing it because he felt it. He felt I looked like his other daughter. Um, There was no DNA evidence at that point. It was all just kind of a gut feeling Mm -hmm. when he did see me.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'll let you continue with um, um, wherever you want to go from here with what life has been like for you since finding out it sounds like you guys have started a relationship
0: yeah so um life life has been crazy some days i still can't believe that um everything that happened happened um i yeah i have met um my two new siblings i have met a new aunt um who has two daughters. So I have two new cousins, um, and I have my biological, um, grandmother and grandfather who I've also met. So that's the immediate family. Um, I've actually been to kind of a larger family gathering where I met, um, what would be great aunts and cousins and, and things of that nature. Um, so crazy because originally, when I found this out, I'm like, all I want to know is my medical history, and you know, um, I already have a family, and I don't, you know, I don't need another family, and this and that, and you know, after finding it out and talking, um, and seeing how there's so many similarities, you know, with People that I mean, yes, they're your family and they're genetically related to you, but they're also strangers to a degree. Um, just how comfortable um, things could be, and and you know, my biological dad is is super forgetful, and I'm forgetful, and my son's forgetful, and we're the, one of those or um, the type of people that you know you have everything sitting on the table that you need to take with you for the day, but you walk out and and forget it, or you leave your to go bag at the restaurant and walk out and, and the waitress is running after you. And all of those things seem so insignificant. But um when no one else, you know, has those qualities around you and you see someone with those those same things, it's it's just wild to see. And so there's there's been a lot of those commonalities that I guess have been revealed. Um I think that, um, and I think that if you would talk to my family, right, I think one of the comments that was made was like, you're the glue that holds this family together. Like what would we have done without you? You know, one of the reasons why no one wanted to, to tell me the truth about, um, about my parentage. And I think that's true. I'm just naturally, um, a caregiver and, and a lover and have a big heart, and want people to be happy and get along and have a good time and um I talk about my emotions and all of those things and um you know m- my dad that raised me is is more reserved when it comes to his emotions and and my middle sister is more reserved when it comes to emotions, and you have to kind of pull it out of them and um my biological dad is is much like me when it, when it comes to emotions. So, um, it's just been really insane going through this. Um, it's not perfect. So my son, um, is having a hard time with it. He doesn't want to meet any of his biological family. He 100% supports, um, me meeting them and spending time with them and getting to know them and being a part of their lives. But he's just not there yet. Um, I don't know. I think there's some loyalty issues he's feeling that maybe he, if he meets them or um, forms a relationship with them, that he is being disloyal to my dad's side of the family who he's been very close with. And, grew up with. Um, so that's difficult for me. I mean, my son is, is my world and the most important thing in my life. And so, um, you know, it's difficult. I wish that we could be sharing in, in this together, but, um, I just have to hope in time that, you know, it's something that he wants to be a part of, um, as far as, my dad's family um even though my grandma is the one who told me you know she's older and um doesn't always remember things clearly um so we haven't talked about it since probably the first um week after she told me but I do talk to my aunt about it my dad's sister and then um really haven't talked about it with my dad or my stepmom um since the first couple of weeks. So there's days I feel that there's still secrets, right? And um, on my end, not on purpose, but I don't feel like it's my place to um, just give the information freely, right? I think that I try to put myself in people's shoes and I don't know if, if, if someone I loved and was close to me went through what I had just went through and, you know, they had an entire, um, another family, I might be asking things and wondering what's going on and making sure, you know, mm-hmm. things are good. Um, so I've kind of just decided that, um, uh, never will I have secrets in my life. Um, I will be completely open and transparent with anyone that asks me about anything. And my aunt does my dad's sister. We do talk about it and, you know, she's definitely happy for me. Um, I think that my, my two sisters originally, um, I don't know. I, I just feel like it puts everyone in a weird spot. You know, I just gained two, two more siblings and, um, but the way I look at it, Lily, is is simply this, right? Um, I can't be a part of the history of my biological family. Um, and no one could take the history away from my family, you know, that that I grew up with and from my sisters and I and our relationship and all of that, Um But ultimately, I have a lot of love to give, and um, this has felt good to me, and it has made me happy, and um, ideally, I would run a giant hall, and all the families would be in there together having a good time and, and laughing and dancing and singing or whatever that may be. I know how fortunate I am, especially after listening to so many podcasts where there's rejection involved and, um, there's awkwardness and, you know, you don't feel like you belong. And I, I don't feel that way. I want to, I want to celebrate really, um, my gratefulness for the opportunity I've been given as gut-wrenching as it was. And in the beginning, you know, there were times where I wish that maybe I never even found out. I really truly believe um, that it happened in the timing it was supposed to for whatever reason. And that um, it's just the way things are supposed to be. So I know I'm rambling now, but Mm -hmm. it's a lot. (laughs)
1: You know, it's wonderful. It's everything you've shared is wonderful. And I appreciate it so much. And I know that there might be some other MPEs that want to connect with you. Um, and again, we're only looking for supportive emails here. But could people reach out to you and email you if, um, if they wanted to do that?
0: Absolutely. I'd love that. Um, I can be reached um, at my email And that's n.s-i-e-m-b-i-e-d-a at gmail.com.
1: Nicole, thank you so much. I'll put your email in the show description for today. And thank you so much for everything you shared today. I followed your story um very well. You explain it very well and going through everything you've been through and going through the ringer and trying to find out who your biological father is. um, I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing today.
0: Well, thanks, Lily. I really appreciate you having me and letting me get my story out there and um, for everything you do for all of us who've been through this situation.
1: These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.